Yo, 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 yo. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 164 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. The NFL playoffs continue this weekend, this time the divisional round. Four games, eight teams vying to see who will be in the conference championship on next Sunday. I'll do a preview on all the games, my takes, analysis, and predictions. And what's going to happen with the situation with Lamar Jackson? I'll give you my takes on that coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right. Now, without further ado, let's get episode 164 started. I'm going to talk about the um, NFL divisional playoff round games in just a bit. But first, we're going to start some other news that came down today. And that's the situation involving Lamar Jackson. The general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, Eric DaCosta, and head coach John Harbaugh held a joint press conference today expressing their desire to have Lamar Jackson stay in Baltimore. Eric DaCosta, the general manager, said, and I quote, I truly believe Lamar wants to finish his career in Baltimore. John Harbaugh said, quote, He's keeping his fingers and toes crossed. I'll be saying my prayers. Close quote. Another quote he said, I have every faith that it's going to get done. Eric wants him here. I want him here. Steve, the, the owner of the Ravens, wants him here. And Lamar wants to be here. So it's going to work out. What they're saying is, they're going to be starting contract negotiations. Last year, before the NFL season, they were trying to have contract negotiations, and it did not go through. Now, of course, they talked about how sometimes these deals do take a long time. Sometimes they can be a couple of days. Sometimes it can be a couple of weeks. Sometimes a couple of months. But there's been news reports that came out early in the season that they offered Lamar Jackson $200 million and guaranteed and Lamar turned it down. It's been rumored that Lamar Jackson wants 250 guaranteed, basically duplicating what the Cleveland Browns did with Deshaun Watson. Now the question is, will Lamar take anything less than 200 guaranteed? Is there is there something there is there something in the middle? Because it does to take two to tango. What is Lamar willing to accept and what is he not willing to accept? Now, if he gets the $250 million, that means all that money is going to be tied up. And what that means is he's not going to be able to build this t- the team that he needs around him to compete. Because right now, the Ravens have some needs. They need a number one receiver. I'm going to get more of that in just a bit. They got the running backs. They need to rebuild their defense. Because their defense throughout the season let them down quite a bit. Lamar built up leads for this team. And the defense squandered them. In like four games this season. Lamar Jackson, I would say, if he is offered 200, he should take it. Or he should take less money 
just to build the team he wants around him. Now, the Ravens did say that Lamar is going to be included in the process of hiring a new offensive coordinator, as it been as it been as it as it, it has been reported that Greg Roman, the current offensive coordinator, and the Ravens mutually part ways. In other words, he was fired. So Lamar Jackson will have a say in who the offensive coordinator is going to be. You know what else he needs to have a say in? Getting a true number one receiver. That's right. If Lamar Jackson is going to go far in the playoffs and even to a Super Bowl, he needs a number one receiver. Right now, the receivers he have are twos, threes, and fours. That's what they would be on any other team. I mean, he has um, Mark Andrews, a tight end, as a good as a good safety blanket. But somewhere, whether it's in free agency, the draft, they need to get somebody for Lamar Jackson to help s- stretch the field, and he'll be able to utilize his talents and maximize them, maximize them the way it should be maximized. Now, I've already advocated. I already put out there that DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals are trying to trade him. If I'm Lamar Jackson, during these contract negotiations, I'm going to say DeAndre Hopkins is out there. What can we do to get him in the Baltimore Ravens uniform? How much money will it take? Even he has to take less off what he wants on his um, new contract to get DeAndre Hopkins or some big name receiver out there he needs to go ahead and make that sacrifice so we're going to be watching through the next couple of weeks and months to see how long this deal is going to take now of course if a deal a long term deal is not struck then he's going to be franchise tagged and then they'll have more time to see if they can come up with a deal. And if that doesn't work, Lamar can play on the franchise tag for this season, which will um, cost which will cost $45 million. But of course, they can use that franchise tag and decided to sign and trade him. And that would be huge, because I know there's some teams out there that would take Lamar Jackson in a heartbeat. And if that occurs, you will hear my uh, the teams that I believe will have best fits from Lamar Jackson on this podcast. Trust and believe. All right, that's it for Lamar Jackson. Now let's move on to the NFL Divisional Round Playoff Games. We're going to start with the Saturday games. The Kansas City Chiefs the number one seed will be taking on the number four seed, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off an emotional comfort behind victory over the LA Chargers. Now, of course, out of all of the four games, this might be the least interesting. Might be. Can the Jacksonville Jaguars pull off a monumental upset? They are playing with house money. They have nothing to lose in this one. 
And so they can play loose. All the pressure is on Kansas City. Because they are the number one seed. And they're expected to be there. But for Jacksonville to pull off a monumental upset. The following must happen. Number one. They must play mistake free football. Trevor Lawrence cannot have another four interception game. Especially in the first half. But much, but not only the first, not the first half, but even the, the game in general, he cannot have four turnovers. Given Patrick Mahomes and company four extra possessions, they'll, they'll, they will not be coming back in this game. This game will be over before the Jacksonville can say goodnight, Irene. But Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he, he has to have, he needs to get help. Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. The offense must play keep away. The offense must be able to um, limit the amount of times their defense is on the field versus Patrick Mahomes and company. As for the defense, give them credit. After giving up 27 points in the first half, their defense held the Chargers to three points in the second half. This defense is going to have to play the same way they played in the second half of that game, but they must do it for 60 minutes, and they must be able to force turnovers. For the Chiefs, we all know it starts with Patrick Mahomes. He's got a, a, a plethora of weapons. Isaac um, Pasco, Jarek McKinnon, Travis Kelsey, of course, Juju Smith-Schuster. And of course, their defense, it's good but not great. I mean, Trevor Lawrence needs to know where Chris Jones and Frank Clark are at all times. But I believe Trevor Lawrence and in, in, in the, in the defense and the offense should be able to do be able to get some plays off of this defense. Here's a, here's another storyline for you. Andy Reid has taken on one of his former assistants, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson was the offensive coordinator for Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Of course, after Andy Reid moved on from Philadelphia, Doug Peterson took over and won the Eagles a Super Bowl. I think Jacksonville will come out and play admirable. I think they'll give the Chiefs a little bit of a run, but their defense is young, and I just don't think they have enough, and I don't think they're ready to pull off this upset and stop Kansas City. So, I'd say for about a, a, a half and three quarters, Jacksonville will hang around. But in the end, too much Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs to win this game 34-21. to 21. Now let's move on to the, the New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants coming off a big upset in Minnesota and now they will face the Eagles for the third time this season two division rivals the Eagles won both matchups first game 48 to 22 wasn't even close in the second game despite sitting their starters the the Eagles got a run for their money versus the giant backups they eventually won that game 22 to 16 
The Giants are going to need a repeat repeat performance from Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Isaac Hodgins, Darius Slayton, and my guy Richie James. I mean, overall, this offense played very well. And they're going to need that again versus this high-powered Eagles um, offense. Now, the Eagles defense, it's good, but for the they make plays, but they also give up a lot of yardage. There's a good chance that the Giants, if this offense plays the way they played last week, they can, they can hang in there with the Eagles. But the Eagles, it starts with Jalen Hurts. Now, will he be 100% going into this game? Maybe, maybe not, but he's going to give it a go. But for the Eagles, they, they need to run the football. Not put so much on Jalen Hurts to do the running and throw. Miles Sand, you got Miles Sanders back there, excellent running back. AJ Brown at wide receiver, Devontae Smith, Dallas Garber. Now, of course, their defense, as I stated, you can make plays against this defense. It, it is hot and cold. I think this game will be a lot closer than the first game. And probably resemble close to the second game. But I think the Eagles just have too much on both sides of the ball. I think they'll do enough to slow down the Giants. And they'll pull out a very close win. So I'm going to go Eagles 27, the Giants 20. Now let's move on to the Sunday games. Which I think are are the best two games of the divisional playoff weekend. Let's go with the Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, these teams were supposed to play in week 17, but of course the game got stopped due to what happened with DeMar Hamlin. So the game was canceled. So now they're gonna finally meet, and this time it's gonna be in Buffalo. We got the games, we got the game's two top five quarterbacks playing, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Both have high-powered offenses. But of course, the question in this game is going to be, which of these defenses are going to make the most plays? Who's going to be able to force the other team's offenses to to, um, turn the ball over and and get some extra possessions for their offense? With Buffalo, of course, it starts with Josh Allen. You have Devin Singleton and James Cook at running back. You got the Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis at wide receiver. For the Bengals, you have Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. But one of the the problems I see with Buffalo is Josh Allen has been known to be careless with the ball. Last week, he had three turnovers, two interceptions, and one fumble. And fortunately for them, they were playing a, a Dolphins offense that was inept. Did not have great quarterback play. They do that this week, and Joe Burrow is gonna make a pay. Now for the um Cincinnati Bengals, their offensive line is banged up. Will they be able to protect Joe Burrow just enough against that Buffalo Bills pass rush? I mean Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams are both both got hurt last week. And are both questionable for this game. 
But I think this game, I think you're going to see some points. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I've been back and forth on this game because I believe this game can go either way. But of course, the question is, which quarterback do you trust? Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? And I'm just going to go out and limb and say it. I trust Joe Burrow in this one. I believe that Joe, Joe Burrow and company are going to go in the Buffalo and upset the Buffalo Bills. They, the, the Cincinnati Bengals have been hearing that the NFL is selling tickets already for the Chiefs versus Buffalo on that neutral site. And the Bengals are feeling disrespected. So I look for, for them to take that disrespect in the Buffalo. And I think they egg out a victory in Buffalo on a field goal to end the game. So I'm going to go Cincinnati 34, Buffalo Bills 31. Now let's move on to the last game of the um, divisional round, and that's the Dallas Cowboys versus my San Francisco 49ers. It's a rematch of last year's wildcard game where the 49ers defeated the Cowboys in Dallas 23-17. Of course, Dallas had a drive at the end, but that, that Prescott ran in the middle with no timeouts. They were He was stopped, and they forgot to give the referee the ball to spot it, and time ran out. This is the second year in a row that the Dallas Cowboys and the 49ers will meet up. It's feeling like the 1990s all over again. What I mean by that? These two teams played three times in the 1990s. Of course, the quarterbacks were Troy Aitman and Steve Young. And of course, the Dallas' two um, championships, they had to get past the 49ers, which they did. And of course, the 49ers' last Super Bowl, they had to get past the Cowboys. So there's some history here. Go back to the 70s, go back to in the 70s, where the Dallas Cowboys defeated the Niners. And of course, fast forward to the 80s, 82, which put the um, 49ers' um, dynasty on the map. They defeat the Cowboys, thanks to a pass from Joe Montana, the, the Dwight Clark at the back of the end zone. Then, of course, you had the 90s, which I just mentioned. And, of course, last year, um, the 49ers beat the Cowboys. And now they're going to meet in San Francisco. This should be a dogfight. Both these teams have all the skill positions complete. The Dallas Cowboys, it starts with Dak Prescott. He had a great game last week, probably the best game of his career. And the most important thing about it was he had no turnovers. Of course, you have Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard at running back, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz at tight end. For my Niners, it starts with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, since he stepped in, has been playing lights out. And he just has to continue to do so. Don't do more than he than he has to do. Because he's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Elijah Mitchell at running back. Debo. 
Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver, George Kittle, and of course, Mr. Third Down, Jawan Jennings. Both these teams play good defense. Of course, my Niners are number one, and it starts with Nick Bosa, and you go down with Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Al Shire, and Jimmy Ward. On Dallas' side, they have Tavon Diggs, you have Michael Parsons, and you have Vanderish. So, both these teams are complete. The question is going to be, which defense makes the most plays at the most critical times? I believe this game is going to be close going into the fourth quarter. And then I believe in the end, my 49ers and their defense will come up with some timely turnovers of Dak Prescott. And then in the end, Kyle Shanahan will scheme up some plays and score a couple and score one to two more touch two touchdowns, maybe in a touchdown a field goal, however it goes. They'll score enough points and pull away late in the fourth quarter. So it's gonna be a um, good game, but my Niners will pull it out. Final score is gonna be 34 to 24. Now that ends that segment, and this will also conclude episode 164 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening, downloading, and streaming. I appreciate it very much. You can follow this podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you stream your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13, and follow my Facebook page at Sports Takes Galore with Gabe. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, downloading, streaming. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the games, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Bye-bye.